Today, we are talking about real estate, investment in the short-term rental market, and some pretty unique places across the US. My guest today is Kelly Cronin of Cronin's Castles. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information, and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you once again. Fall is arriving in Ontario and the leaves are beginning to change colour just into September and it's all happening. Well, of course, it happens every year. This is a really weird year for me because usually as Labor Day comes around and we've just finished the season, I heave this great sigh of relief and look towards a fall of you know much quieter time. Well, having sold the business, of course, I haven't really been through the busy summer, although I've been connected in some way. So it's a little bit different this year, but I've got so many other projects on the go. We've just sort of fallen into September without really noticing it. I think that's what retirement is, you know. I had a visit last week with my business partners in Vacation Rental Formula, and that's Mike, my son, and Jason Beaton, who's been a partner of ours for for a number of years. Jason is an absolute whiz in digital marketing and, you know, the systems behind digital marketing. He used to help us out with in CLRM with our active campaign management. But anyway, so Mike and Jason come up and they, they arrived on a Tuesday. And to me, it just felt like a weekend. We did our curry night, which is what we always do on a Friday night when the kids come up. And I got through to Friday and it's like, where are we? Where are we in this week? And this is, I don't know, this is sort of what retirement is about. But I'm not going there. I'm definitely not going into retirement yet. But it uh, it was, it had a really strange feel when I got to Friday and it felt like we'd already had a weekend. And then we went into a long weekend. So that's enough of a ramble. You may recall, if you listen to the podcast enough, that I talked to... Christy Wolf a while back. Christy is the amazing entrepreneurial innovator that is building a hobbit village and has the potato house in Idaho. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to go and check out that episode and I'll put the link to it on the show notes. And I just love the idea of unique places because that's what Christy had. And it, it's always broken up a long journey when we do our long journeys with the with the RV, the long road trips. It's always broken up when I've been able to go through, you know, we've driven through smaller places and I've thought, well, what would happen if we bought a vacation rental here, if we bought a short-term rental in this place that we've just driven through? And then I'll sit there and do some research on it. And, you know, it's it's sort of fantasizing about where we'd get the traffic from, who would come. And it's, it's very easy to do that sort of research to figure out what's around in the area. And I think I, I've mentioned this before about driving through Midland, Texas, which we've, we've done once or twice. And it's a long, long road, that route. I think it's, uh, I believe it's I-30 and it goes through, or it might be I-20. Anyway, it's one of the I's. 
and it's it's one of the east to west ones and it goes through the permian basin which is that massive area and it's quite unbelievable if you've never driven that road it's a little bit difficult to sort of describe it to you it's a vast area of oil fields and you drive along and there's rv parks everywhere and every town you pass through is full of companies selling parts and bits for people working in the drilling industry and i remember going past midland and thinking would anybody rent a vacation rental in Midland, Texas? And I started doing some research and it it took me about an hour as we're driving through. And I came up with the fact that, yes, there's a lot of people who do vacation rentals in Midland, Texas, because there is this population of people working in these drilling fields that live in RVs the majority of the time. But when they have time out or they have people come down to stay with them, maybe family comes to stay, then they go and stay in short-term rentals, probably in somewhere fairly local like Midland. So, you know, if they're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary and somebody will come down and then that's what I found from my research about Midland, Texas. And it got me thinking, you know, there is something for absolutely everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are, just invest in, you know, do your research, obviously, but if you invest in that area, you're likely to find a population of people who will come and visit. So that's why I love these these unique locations. And today's guest is Kelly Cronin. And I'm going to leave it to her really to tell you about her background, how she got into all this, and why she currently has properties in Puerto Rico, in Utah, and in Alaska. So without further ado, let's move on over to this really interesting interview. Well, I'm super delighted to have with me today Kelly Cronin of Cronin's Castles. And Kelly's going to talk about her unique properties and how she got into this whole business of of short-term rental and how she's taking it forward, how she's marketing, everything you need to know about the unique, because I love the unique. So welcome, Kelly. Thanks so much for joining me. Heather, thank you so much for having us. It's just been so fun, this little trip that we're on, trying to get all of these properties I've been running and, and dealing with kind of the things that come with the unique as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm fascinated by this because you've got properties in Puerto Rico, in Utah, in Alaska. You could not be, have them further apart. So we're going to be exploring that a little bit. But let's kick off with, with your story because real estate is not your core business, right? It is not. I am a full-time veterinary multi-site manager and I manage veterinary clinics in Baltimore, live in Wisconsin, and uh, and definitely starting into real estate has been an interesting role. I was really looking for something that would help fund our retirement because frankly, veterinary medicine is, is not the most high-paying job or at least hasn't been in the past. And so you know, having a very, very small amount of investment money, very, very small amount in my, you know, in my 401k for retirement, I had to look outside the box to figure out, you know, what would that look like for my retirement? And so got really deep down a rabbit hole of looking at, you know, how could I maximize the really tiny amount that I had to invest? And, and that became real estate. And I started looking at, 
different tiny homes or different off-grid homes that, you know, that could actually satisfy how much I had to spend. And I really wanted to make sure that I spent it in a couple different places, just in case, you know, God forbid, Airbnb gets outlawed in one of them. And I had a couple of big hiccups on the way. We, uh, I made an offer on a, a tiny house cabin on the Wisconsin Dells River. And unfortunately, the the real estate team lied to me about the easement. So there was no way to actually get to the property, which is a problem. Oh, yes. And then uh, made an offer on a tiny home village, uh, a.k.a. an RV park in New Mexico, and unfortunately, the owner lied about there being 30 other owners on the property, a dirty title. And uh, finally ended up making offers on um, a couple different places just because of timing. You know, one had gone stale and the owner had walked away. That was our, our Utah property. And then one was just taking forever as a, um, a property in Alaska. And then our Vieques property was just a little bit of negotiation back and forth to get owner financing. And all of them closed within a couple of months because clearly like they were all meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you didn't do this sequentially. You didn't buy one and then wait a year or so. And then buy the next one, you just bundled them all. I was trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to, but unfortunately a couple of the stale deals had come through finally all at the same time. And so it all happened a lot more back to back than I originally thought. Wow. That's risky financially. I mean, you said well, you started I with a, a very, less risky. you said you started with a very small amount. How was that spread out? I started with $110,000 total. And I think it's a little less risky when you look at the fact that, for example, Utah was only $17,000. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our place in Alaska was $40,000, and uh, that's a tiny little dome house, 850 square feet on the Kasilov River, the bluest water you've ever seen in your life. And then our Vieques Sea House was actually done half and half, half on owner financing and half on as a down payment, and that total was $73,000. So you know, definitely not spending a ton of money on these places, but it's been... It's been very interesting, you know, trying to make it all work and trying to balance it out, especially because each of them needed just a little bit of love to get to the point of being able to use them as Airbnbs. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that because they're in wildly different places. So from the from the outset, did you go visit them? Did you view them or was this all done online? Well, uh, yes. So <laughs> I technically saw <laughs> I technically saw Arvieka's house before putting down money. However, I purchased it online before I ever went and saw it. Our Utah house was completely sight unseen. It turned out that we didn't have keys to get in it and we didn't know where it was. And so that was quite the adventure. When we did finally find it, it is the cutest 250 square foot cabin in the entire world. But come to find out it was not built with permits and it was built on the lot line in between our two lots. And so it does have to be moved, unfortunately. Um, and then last but not least, the dome house was fairly sight unseen. I knew that I wanted something in Alaska having lived there. It's absolutely the most beautiful place on the planet. You know, there's something magical about having moose like walking through your backyard. <laughs> uh, and we have a mama and her babies that just spend their whole day back there. 
Hey, I, I, I saw this place on nine and I, I live in Ontario, Canada. I'm clearing bear poop up off my lawn every day. <laughs> so, and yeah, Musa. I mean, so I love amazing, it. Yes, it? it's it's fabulous, fabulous. Well, and this one has a, a peak with 360 degree windows, and so you have the best view in the house from your bed to the backyard and to the northern lights. And like you know, there's there's something dreamy about just sitting in the loft and watching all the things wander through your yard, either the caribou or the the moose. We have a caribou migration path right out front of our house, and yeah, it's just it's an amazing place. But we bought that one. We were very much going to just buy that one sight unseen. However, just talking to a friend of mine who lives in Homer, Alaska, about an hour away, all of a sudden I got a video of of the property being walked and of all the nooks, the crannies, the, you know, this is how far they've gotten on the construction. This is what the windows look like. This is what your neighborhood looks like. Just a really fun, detailed video from a friend, Cody. And I'll tell you that this is where... You know, making friends everywhere is really a phenomenal idea. I met Cody at a, a veterinary conference probably four years ago. Have never seen her since, and and uh, or at least in person. And she just drove an hour to go check out this property for us. I think that's something that's just super important. Amazing. Something that's super important, of course, is is networking. And you've just hit the nail on the head that you don't have to have friends for who've been around you for. Years and years and years, you can meet random people and stay in touch with them, and they can be incredibly helpful as you go through this this journey. Particularly if you are, as you are, pretty remote from your property. So that that's really lovely to hear. We have the same thing very much so in Viac as we've really just stumbled upon every single person that we've come in contact with. You know, we we were lost trying to get to a Airbnb that. Um, you know, that we were utilizing while we were purchasing the house. And that's how we found our construction folk. Actually, how we even found Vieques, I never knew it existed, was from meeting a family on a beach in San Juan. And they mentioned, oh, it's too bad. The kids aren't going to get to play tomorrow because we're going to head off to Vieques. And I said, I don't know where that is, but I don't have any hotel plans. Let's go. (laughs) And so that's, I mean, just coming off the ferry, and the first thing that you see is the wild horses just trotting down the street. Like, it's just the most magical place on the planet. You've already convinced me that I need to go to Alaska, and I need to go to Vieques in Puerto Rico. So you can probably convince me to go to Utah as well. (laughs) This this all makes for a wonderful way of marketing, which we'll we'll come on to, is having the passion about where you're buying your properties. So it it is one thing, and you you see a lot about you know, Airbnb investment and make a gazillion out of just buying properties all over the place. And, but I, I fully believe that if you don't have the passion about the location and where it is, that it would be hard to be that successful. I think that that's part of it. And I think that, you know, I, I know that you alluded to having Christy Wolf on your podcast a, a few iterations ago. I think that that is absolutely what goes into that. You know, she found these amazing off-grid, off-market type of ideas. And because she enjoyed them so much, you know, she made something of it. And I feel like we're doing something very similar. You know, we're just, we're recognizing what each place has to offer. 
And I'll admit that I did not think that Utah had that much to offer until I went to Utah and found out that it's smack dab in between all of the national parks. It's smack dab in between these two mountains. You can sit on the porch and look at the sunrise on one side, the sunset on the other. And, you know, the intent is to have a big, huge deck with a cowboy hot tub so that you can really enjoy the world outside and enjoy the solitude that's associated. Uh, it's called elevated solitude. So it it really does feel that way. It feels like you're the only person in the entire world when you're sitting out on the deck. Yeah, that, that sounds, it sounds wonderful. I have a friend and, and listener of this podcast, and I know you're listening, Shireen, Shireen McKellen, who has a property called Western Star Bungalow. And, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the place in Utah, but the way she markets it is just phenomenal. It's, it's near where they filmed a lot of Westerns. So it, there's a uniqueness in every one of these properties. So she's able to target people who are interested in those old Western movies. And that's where a lot of her, her traffic comes. So let, let's talk a little bit more about unique properties because they really seem to be taking off as desirable locations for mm. a vacation. Do you think this was, was this just COVID giving people this urge to get away from everything? Or do you think it's, it's something that we, that will continue as a sort of bucket list thing for people? You know what I think it is? I think that it is very much that people saw the alternatives when they couldn't go to the standard, right? Like for a couple of years there, we just couldn't go to hotels the same way that we used to. And it wasn't always that cookie cutter, I'm going to stay in an all-inclusive resort with 7,000 other people. You know, it was very much, hey, I would really like to get a vacation to XYZ, always wanted to see these places, but I'm not going to stay in the all-inclusive resort where I'm going to get COVID every two days. I'm going to stay someplace extraordinary in someplace that's not on the beaten path. And I think that honestly, you know, there was just a, a shift in the way we think. And honestly, that's part of it that we're seeing out and about as well. You know, it used to be just these constant questions in the Puerto Rico tourism uh, Facebook pages, you know, where is the best all-inclusive Airbnb or not Airbnb, but all-inclusive hotel and resort in Puerto Rico. And that has really shifted, which is probably good because Puerto Rico at the time didn't have any, but it's really shifted to, you know, what are the best short-term rentals that I can possibly find in Puerto Rico. And it really gave people an opportunity to stay in, in places like mine in Vieques where, yeah, it's not right on the ocean, but that's great because it means that you're not going to get no sea bites every day. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's out in the middle of the island, but that still means that you're only a mile and or 1.1 miles from any of the beaches that you might want to go to. And beyond that, you get wild horses in your yard every morning. You can go pick a papaya or get a, a chicken egg from the yard and just sit down, have your breakfast on the deck, hang in your hammock, wait until the, you know, the urge hits you to go to the beach and then go to one of 21 miles of different beaches, every single one of them almost as empty and, uh, you know, make a day of it or go, you know, go snorkeling or scuba diving and meet a baby octopus or, you know, go for a, a trek in a Jeep or go up a, up the mountain and see the views or take a sailboat around or take a kayak out on the bio, bio bay. We have the brightest bio bay in the whole wide world and Guinness book says so. So there's lots <laughs> of different things that, you know, that people can do no matter where they actually go to. 
And it's really one of those situations where I think people are just finally figuring out that you don't have to go to an all-inclusive resort to do it. Yeah, and perhaps, you know, people are beginning to appreciate now you don't have to go to, you know, one of the big destinations. There's so much else out there. And it, it was something I, you know, brought up with Christy about the potato house in Idaho. You know, it, it is booked out yes. for a year in advance. So so there is a, a, a yes. thing in there about, you know, uniqueness. It's so unique. I want, I want I've, got, I've got to have this on my Instagram page that I have been to the potato house in Idaho. So, you know, I have been to the dome in Alaska is, you know, maybe the next, it probably is the next thing. In a nutshell, we'll welcome anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what are the types of people that come and stay at your places? What's the persona? What's the demographic? Generally just a little bit adventurous. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not coming to our place yeah. in Vieques to get a quiet, you know, a quiet little stay away from everything. You're coming out there, you're going to stay on kind of a palatial big property with, uh, or at least for Vieques, with One-Eyed Willie, our our little loud rooster out front. And you're going to meet some kitties and you're going to meet some wild horses that are going to walk through the yard. Or maybe you'll meet Bob, our lawn ornament uh, iguana. But, you know, it's not going to be your status quo. It's not going to be someone who wants nothing but luxury, um, but it's, it's rustic luxury, it's definitely, you know, the nicest place that you're going to find off the beaten path. And the same thing goes for our other places. You know, you're not staying at the Waldorf Astoria when you come to In a Nutshell, but you absolutely are going to have the amenities that you that you want. You're going to have the full chef's kitchen because, you know, that's something that we stand behind is making sure that, you know, you have every spice that you might need to flavor up that salmon that you just caught in the river. And you're going to have uh, an opportunity to, to see things without being cooped up in a hotel room. Yeah, and I th- I think you know maybe COVID has has done this, made people a little bit more. So you know, some people who perhaps weren't as adventurous beforehand have now you know started to look at it and think there's there's so much more out there than I had before. Yeah, this sort of brings me to uh, to marketing. How do you get these people, this demographic, to your properties? How are they finding you? You know, amazing amounts of them are finding us direct booking. You know, we don't do as much on some of the OTAs as as potentially even we'd like, but we do a really good job of making sure that we're capturing emails so that we can market back to the folks who are staying with us. You know, our <laughs> our entire company motto is plan less, live more. And so we're really trying to seek out the folks who perhaps see one of our, our pictures that have been done. You know, we've done some photographer photography stays in exchange for a stay. And the pictures that come out of these things are just absolutely impeccable. And so the hope is that we can, you know, really intrigue someone via a Facebook ad based on one picture and a little bit of copy that, you know, tells them exactly why we love the place. And I think part of the marketing is just the fact that we've chosen places that are absolutely magical to us, you know, to myself and my, my marketing director is an 11 year old who's currently sleeping in, but she's a phenomenal marketing director. So she, she really helps set the tone and really um, make sure that people understand exactly what goes into these properties. You know, we don't want people who are going to come and expect maybe the, the, we want people who are going to come and 
hope that there are beach chairs and snorkels and things that, um, you know, that are going to add to the adventure. And we, we provide that as much as we possibly can. That plan less, live more mentality is really what we base all of our marketing on. Uh, you said you don't market as much on the, the OTAs. Uh, which ones do you use? We do have them listed on Airbnb, but that is it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I you know, and then it, always warm- it always warms my heart to hear the words direct booking because I, I you know, I, I believe that certainly with unique properties, it's, it's the way to go because if you really work at it, and I love the fact you have an 11 year old marketing director, that is just wonderful. <laughs> I, I have a 10 year old granddaughter that I'm sort of thinking that I might try and just, just get her to use some of the skills that she uses on Roblox and, <laughs> and, and other online games and use those skills and to perhaps direct them somewhere else in, into marketing because these, these little guys, they know their way around social media. Well, and I think too that, you know, they experience the properties in a, such a different way than we do. You know, they see the magic. They see everything that's super, super cool about wherever they are. And so if we can harness that, you know, the the video that has absolutely done the best for us has been her just explaining the different beaches and explaining what you're going to see on the beaches with the hermit crabs. And, you know, oh, if you go out into the water, you can feed the fish. This is how you bring bread to the fish. It's just a situation where you really look for the most magical things that happen around you and and really highlight them and let the places that you go, you know, really mm-hmm. do the the legwork for you. You you mentioned, I just want to just check back on something that you mentioned was about doing photography, for, uh, inviting photographers in exchange, you know, exchange for a stay and they'll do a photo shoot for you. And, and you hear this a lot, people saying, well, no, no, don't do that. People just want a free stay and you don't get a good result from it. It, it seems that you have had good results. So how would you advise somebody to go about this and to to get this exchange in place? There's a couple of things that I'd really hit on, and I'll take the moment to mention my photographer. Now, there are people who will come and do photography of the location, and there are people who come and do photography of your home. Those are two different photographers. So you can get a really phenomenal landscape image from one type of photography. You might get a really phenomenal pictures of your house for for advertising and the OTAs and such from different type of photographers. So there really are two different types that you want to involve. And what I'll say is that the very first day that we had was Dorian Sanders. And uh, guys, if you look him up, you're going to be startled by how beautiful his photography is. And you'll see a few images on there of uh, Vieques, Puerto Rico. And the ones that I have from him have been some of the most shared images, you know, the most clicked on images that we have. And what I'll say is that there's a couple things to think about. One, make sure that you see their portfolio ahead of time. You want to make sure that the professional images that you're expecting are going to be the ones that they're actually producing. To agree to how many images you'll actually come out with as you're doing that agreement, because honestly, you need to get a fair number in order to offset the cost of your stay, especially if it's in a really expensive area. In my case, poor Dorian like came during construction. So his stay was probably not the most luxurious stay in the entire world, but he got some of the most beautiful images of the island that you've ever seen in your life. And a few really good images of, you know, Baba Iguana and things like that as well. And so definitely think about creating some type of use agreement associated with that. 
And then what I'd also say is that when you have that person come through and do any kind of pictures of your home, make sure that you have uh, an image list of, of the images that you really expect to see, including a few of them that are like use images. So show how, how your place would be utilized to some extent, as well as just how your place looks and make sure that that's part of your agreement as well. And so just making sure that both of you have certain clear-cut expectations, make sure that both of you know, you know, exactly how that looks in terms of who pays cleaning fees and things like that. In, and uh, making sure that just on the off chance that something happens, that there is, you know, some type of credit card or some type of deposit on file so that you, you can make sure that you don't have any kind of issues that actually break that business relationship. Those are and amazing another thing tips. To think about is, <laughs> another thing to think about is, is too, if there's any type of aerial photography that you can potentially get done. Some of them have drones and that's, you know, that's another phenomenal way of showing what the area that you're staying in is very much like. I think that is, uh, that is terrific. Some great tips there for, for anybody thinking about this, you know, and, and I think the key thing there is to have clear expectations and know, yes, know exactly yes. what you want and what they expect. And, and it should. I mean, we've, we've, we've done this in the past ourselves and it's worked extremely well. I think there's been a, over, over time, there's been a lot of air quote influencers out there looking for, yes. looking for free stays. And it's, uh, it, it's made the whole situation a little muddied because the, the ones who really are expert at this are, are being, it's, it's a bit like, you know, Airbnb and party houses <laughs> that, uh, that not every Airbnb is a party yeah. house, but unfortunately the, the ones that, that, that are tend to muddy the waters for the ones that are not. And I think it's probably the same in this respect, but it sounds like it's just coming down to doing your research and knowing who these people are. I think the same thing goes for the influencers. Definitely worth making sure that with any type of relationship that you might have with an influencer, make sure that what they're publishing out really aligns with what you want to see for your property, making sure that they have a big enough user base. So really looking at, hey, how many people are in there? How much exposure are you going to get for each of the things that you do? And then are they publishing true content or are they just publishing a post? Because uh-huh. true content lives on, posts live for a very short amount of time. So if you have someone who's maybe publishing an article about, you know, the top 12 Airbnbs in Puerto Rico or the top 12 short-term rentals in in Alaska, you know, that's going to live on a lot longer than someone who posts about something. And that post only lives for two hours on Facebook or four hours on um, Instagram, maybe up to 24 hours if it's on a story. Yeah, that, that, that's a, that is a really good point. And, you know, it comes, comes down to knowing what you're getting yourself, uh, uh, what you're getting yourself in, into. So I'll make sure that that link is there to Dorian on the show notes. Nice. So you're doing some direct or a lot of direct booking. Uh, what technology, technology platforms are you using? How are you doing those bookings? What other technology is helping make your business more effective and helping you plan less and live more? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Hostfully is probably one of the best uh, or the the most utilized technology tools that we have in our bucket. And that manages us across the platforms, um, especially for the direct booking. It allows for, you know, taking any kind of deposits or anything along those lines that we need to do. 
and it links directly, or I've created a link directly from it to our website. And so the website is just a GoDaddy hosted website. Very easy to change, easy to put up, pretty inexpensive, and it looks pretty good. And so those are those are our two big ones. I think that, you know, outside of that, word of mouth is one of the most impressive things for actually getting that out and about. We have you know, various groups that we work with. I've created vendor relationships with massage therapists and Vieques and a stand-up paddleboarder, Leica, and um, just waterfowl tours with our friend Juan at PR Paradise Taxi Tours. There's just a lot of folks that we create these relationships with in order to have them do that cross-marketing and really share out our information when we need to. I think that's a, that's a, the vendor, whole vendor relationship side, I think, is something that people miss out on. The, the fact that you know, you've got a hot, the hot tub guy or the pool guy who comes and services your pool, he's going to go to a load of other places and talk to people. So if that, if that hot tub technician or the pool technician is carrying your brochure or your business card that he can hand out, that is just an amazing way of having your vendors work as ambassadors for you. And you, of course, work as ambassadors for them as well. Absolutely. So hopefully our, our next sponsors of the podcast, they'll be coming up in the next, in the oh, next nice. couple of weeks. Um, so we'll have a 10-week sponsorship with Hostfully, uh, which we're really looking forward to learning more about them. Do you use the Hostfully guides, the digital guides as well? I do. I have not set them up for all the properties yet, but I, I do use them and they're pretty impressive. Yeah. It's just, it's so plug and play, but it doesn't seem plug and play, which is the way that everything should be. Yes, yes. And, and I, I promise, I, I promise that I did not set this up for your next sponsor. This is just <laughs> no, who I use. no, you just, you just came in with that. And I thought, oh, this is great because by the time this is published, we'll be about to, to go into that sponsorship. So it just seems a really good, um, a, a good link into it. But on, on the topic of digital guidebooks, you know, regardless of, of, you know, where you get your digital guidebook, I think it, it's absolutely the way to go. People, they, they don't want to wait till they get to a property to see the dog-eared welcome book on the table. They want to do that planning beforehand. And that's what those, those guidebooks allow, allow you to do. I managed a, a property management company for, for, for 19 years before I sold it recently. And buying into a digital guidebook was probably one of the best things we ever did in that period of time. Well, when you think about it, especially with some of these very, like some of the better tours, right? You have to set those up a few months ahead of time. I mean, in the high season, if you want to go for a sunset ride down the beach on a horse, you know, you have to plan for that. If you want to go on a glass bottom kayak tour, like you have to plan for that. And so we've really lucked out that way. I mean, when Izzy and I travel, you know, we don't plan, <laughs> but everyone else should really think about making sure that, that that place that they go, that they get to do the things that are really on their bucket list for that place. And honestly, if they're going to the property and getting the guidebook, then they don't have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just, I don't want anyone to miss out. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. As far as pricing is concerned, do you do any form of re revenue management to adjust the pricing? Yeah, we use Price Labs. 
I will say that Price Labs does not work fantastic for off-grid properties because, frankly, what are you comparing to? So we have to do a, a lot of grain of salt with that because otherwise I would be pricing myself against I'm not even sure what in Utah. But we do utilize that to you know give us at least an indication of where to go with pricing and an indication of where to go up and down for pricing. So, for example, the high season Christmas, I think that there's an opportunity there to to really gain additional funds from that high season and Christmas Mm -hmm. and price labs really gives a good indication of how to do that. Uh, One thing we haven't touched on and it it just suddenly came to me when you were talking about off grid because are all three properties off grid? So Vieques was completely off grid and now is half and half. Alaska is predominantly going to be on grid someday and is off grid at the moment and Utah, there's no grid to be had. <laughs> okay. So what do you do in terms of property management? Who's looking after the places? Because you can't go and do the changeovers. You can't manage any issues that arise, which tend to arise a little bit more, I think, in an off-grid property. So where do you find your help? Well, so one thing that I'll say is that none of my cleaners are cleaners. They're very much caretakers and I very much stumbled upon them. So I think that one of the best ways of actually finding caretakers, especially in in some of these just slightly, you know, more out of the way or outside the box type of locations is using Facebook marketplace or not even Facebook marketplace, but the Facebook groups for each location. Mm-hmm. When you have these communities that are very pocketed like Vieques and like Kasilov, you know, we have really active Facebook groups because honestly, that's, that's how you make sure that the neighbor next door who has hurt himself actually has food and water and is taken care of, right? So these communities are very, very active. Um, and I've just come in and asked, you know, who has any interest in not only doing the cleanings, but really, you know, helping us to manage overall expectations for the property. And for example, our two caretakers in in Vieques, man, we have lucked out like nobody's business. You know, they've found people to, they call it mowing the patio, uh, you know, people to take care of the yard. They've found us, you know, someone to, to paint the outside of the house. They've found us, you know, just everything that has come up they've really done a good job of making sure that they're not just coming in and cleaning the property, that they're making sure that if we need additional stock or if we need additional, you know, oh gosh, one of the, one of the guests somehow pocketed a wine glass, you know, they, they're very proactive about making sure that the property is a hundred percent up to snuff and, and their family at this point, you know, Odie and uh, Isabel who help us care for our property in Vieques are just their family. They're amazing. And so, you know, we look for folks who are going to be a good fit in that and who will treat the property like their own. So that's how we find them is is reaching out and uh, word of mouth and asking the locals who might be good for this situation. And, you know, just really making sure that we're not necessarily going with some type of commercial cleaning company because they're not going to do you know, the extra things like picking up the truck from the mechanic that our caretakers will do. I I think you've hit the nail on the head. And something that I loved that you said is their caretakers, not cleaners. I did this years ago with when I started buying my own properties that I didn't look for a cleaner. I looked, I mean, we we call them housekeepers or property manager and giving them that. And then they buy into the fact that they mean something, that it's so important 
to mm-hmm. the guests that they do their job and they, they just feel that they have this buy-in and they have an, almost an ownership of how satisfied guests are. Well, and we do attach a bit of a bonus. So they've they've told me how much to charge for cleaning, right? We set the cleaning fee very much based on what they expect in terms of the overall house to earn turn. So that's something that, that they as independent contractors set. And we also, you know, are very supportive of them for things like they have a Teano tour that uh, that Odie likes to run around the island. And, and so we try and support her in both ways. Um, but we also make sure that when things go well for them, that they get a little piece of the pie that's even outside of what we normally would charge for things like cleaning. And so, for example, you know, if I get five star reviews for Odie, that goes back into a pot or a pool so that she gets bonus from having those five star reviews. Yeah, I, it, it just it's, it's something that a lot of people miss out on. And, you know, it's almost they're looking for a commodity. They're looking for somebody that's going to come in and spray the place and do some vacuuming and change the beds and off they go. But, you know, I, I, as I say, I I figured this out many, many years ago that giving them responsibility and ownership makes for a much happier life all around and makes for much better reviews too. So, you know, we're coming to the end here and I just, I want to get this question in before we finish because, you know, it sounds like you've been a very savvy investor and and I'm assuming you're looking for more as you go forward. But Absolutely. if you're advising an investor who's considering doing this, what are the most important pieces of advice you'd give them? Consider going outside of the norm, even when you were talking about lending. Um, and what I'll say is that just because a property has been on the market for a long, long time doesn't mean that it's not a viable property for an investment. It just means that you have to think about what that looks like and you have to do the numbers for what it actually looks like. And what I'll say is that hard doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. You know, something being difficult, sometimes if you look at it as a challenge, sometimes it's well worth it. You know, getting a fridge on island in Vieques, Puerto Rico is the hardest thing I've ever done, including childbirth. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I mean, you know, that's just a given. Everyone has that situation. But now that there is a fridge on property, right, it's just the fruits of that labor are so worth it. They're so worth it. It's almost as hard as getting a bathtub in Kisilov, Alaska. But you know what? Having a soaking tub where you have like a mineral bath and, oh my goodness, it's just, it's totally worth it. So what about um, advising people on, you know, looking for these locations? How, how do they start that research? So I actually, I did it uh, in a, a little bit of a ramshackle way. You know, I just, I set my price point. So I knew that I wanted to stay under $50,000 for any property that I picked up. And so I set that price point in Realtor and Zillow and then just looked state by state by state at everything that came up for those um, those price points until I found something that was interesting. And now there's a lot of conversation with how do you find these places when they're maybe not listed on the MLS? I hate to say it, but I've found some really crazy places listed on the MLS. I think that it's all about just opening your mind a little bit to what that might look like. And then again, talking about the the lending situation, really thinking in terms of how do you keep the maximum amount of uh, operating cash free? Well, there are so many people with some of these properties that are not conventional, they're willing to consider non-conventional loans. So if you can figure out exactly what they need out of that sale, 
there's a pretty good opportunity to potentially, you know, supply what they need, but do it in a way that keeps your operating cash very free, like an owner finance. Yeah, great point. Yes, and really is, it's, it's, it's just thinking outside the box, right? Right. So what is next for you, Kelly? We bought, I don't know why, we bought 80 acres <laughs> in uh, Ladysmith, Wisconsin. And we originally bought it so that we have a place to park a school bus that we're converting. However, now that we have it, we really are looking at the idea of how do we make it into glamping experiences for people. We really want some of the magic that we had as kids growing up in, in Ladysmith, Wisconsin. So my significant and I, other and I both have family from the area. And we really want to have an opportunity to give some vintage trailers and some bell tents and to potentially have a tree house on it and just, you know, different activities so that you connect better where there's no Wi-Fi, right? So <laughs> no Wi-Fi connection means that uh, our families can can get together and play giant Jenga out in the middle of the woods or, you know, go to a BYOB cantina out in the middle of the woods or, you know, wander along a path and discover something new or, um, you know, play path bingo or there's just a million and one things that we want to do with that land. We have, um, we've been working with someone to map out the different paths that we're going to have and we've been working with someone to put in a driveway and a shower because let's face it, glamping does not mean going without a shower in my estimation. So just trying to make it comfortable enough that that everyone wants to go to it, but off grid enough that it's not your standard sit in front of the TV and make no memories. Yeah. In in my time with my property management company, we heard a lot about Wi-Fi and how important it was. And I had somebody saying to me, this place doesn't have Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is as important as water. And I thought, oh, maybe we're not reaching out to the right, <laughs> the right people with this property. And it really is all about, you know, finding your demographic, finding your persona, because they are out there. Those, those who don't want Wi-Fi, who don't want connection are still out there. And I'm sure you, you will find them for sure. Kelly, it's been absolutely fantastic. Well, and just to be clear... Go ahead. Just to be clear, we do have Wi-Fi at some of our locations. <laughs> we generally say, you know, connect at your own risk. Yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. It's been fantastic talking to you. I w you know, we, I'm sure we could go on so much longer and I will catch up with you in, I don't know, nine months or a year and just see how, how everything is changing, how you're growing, because I'm, I'm sure that that even the 80 acres in Ladysmith, Wisconsin is not going to be the, the end of, of your investment journey. So it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll make sure I'll, I'm going to collect all the links from you to your properties, to the video that, uh, that Izzy did, and, uh, and we'll have them on the show notes so people can take a look at those. That'd be amazing. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a fun time. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly. That was, I, I just so enjoyed that conversation. She, what an interesting, interesting person. I, I just, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to roll back my years sometimes and, you know, be back 20, 30 years ago and be in that position where I could be so, that you know, I could be that creative. I think I probably could still now but I'm not sure whether the energy is still right there. 
But I'd, I'd love to hear from anybody else who is, you know, looking at investing or already has properties that are unique. And I know I've heard from some of you and I will be getting um, back in touch with you because I, I just think this is a really great niche. It's a great niche to be out there and find something that is so totally different. But the people come to, they really are enthusiastic about traveling to these properties. So, I mean, Kelly's so passionate. I've never been to Puerto Rico. I've heard all about it from Evelyn Badia. And, I, you know, it, that is definitely on my bucket list. And, and maybe I'll go stay in Kelly's place. That would be, that would be truly unique. Okay, that's it for another week. I am super happy to be heading off to Miami in at the end of October or mid to late October to do a presentation at the Book Direct show, which is being uh, organized by Damien Sheridan and Deborah Larby. Um, you'll be hearing from Damien in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking more about Book Direct but I will put a link to the Book Direct show. I would love to see you in Miami. I would love to meet up with, with some of my listeners. We'll, we'll try for a meetup at some point if I hear from enough people who are going. And just, yeah, I've never been to Miami. I'm really quite excited. So I'm doing a presentation alongside my friend Jodie Bourne. We are talking about the importance of lead magnets. And it's, it's going to be sort of a workshop. So by the end, you know, you come out at the end of this workshop and you're going to be able to build some lead magnets, get them up and running and delivering way more traffic to your site, to your direct book site. So I'm super excited about that. Talking about direct booking, the Book Direct show also has an online element. There is going to be an online Book Direct show as well. And then also my friend Jen Boyles, I was part of her Book Direct Summit last year and it went really, really well. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to submit a presentation for this year, but I really want to be promoting it. Um, I'll be putting information on both of these events in the show notes so you can go and check those out. And certainly the Book Direct Summit, Jen Boyles event, is coming up fairly soon. So please go check it out. And I always advise, you know, just buy in. I know it's free if you sit and listen through it while it's going on. But if you buy the all access pass, there's some really great extras in there. There's some great bonuses and you really will get your money's worth out of it. I promise you that. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. It's always so good to hear from people to say that they really are enjoying the show and it, it makes it all worthwhile. If you can leave me a, a five-star review, I would absolutely love it on the platform on which you listen to your podcasts and message me if you wish. Now I'm not running my property management company. I am getting back to all everybody that messages me. So, so please do. I always love to hear from you. So thank you. See you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.